Hello, let's have a mystical conversation, the kind where we lose ourselves in the wonders of divine mysteries, share dreams from the other side, intuitive nudgings, and soul mission yearnings. A mystical conversation lifts us above the ego mind and helps us see life from that place of divine inspiration. That's the place we go to know things that we can't see from this everyday reality. We have to rise up within our consciousness to get to this new view. Hello, I'm Sue Frederick. I'm your host for today's Mystical Conversation with Erica Schreck. And I'm the author of eight books, including I See Your Dream Job and Your Divine Lens. I'm a lifelong intuitive, master numerologist, intuitive coach, and for the past 20 years, I've made my living coaching people with intuition, numerology, and mystical conversations. I've helped thousands of clients remember their soul's mission, find their purpose, and create a life that fulfills them emotionally, spiritually, and financially. I'd love to do a phone session with you. Just visit my website, suefrederick.com. Our guest today for this mystical conversation is Erica Schreck. She is a a Reiki master, a tarot reader, a shamanic practitioner, a grief intuitive coach, <clears throat> a spiritual warrior advocate, and numerologist through her business, <clears throat> excuse me, Turtle Healing Energy. She enjoys helping you get honest about what's not working in your life and use tools and practices to experience more ease, calm, and joy. She invites you to be kind, be hopeful, be you, and be here. She lives in Boulder, Colorado, a place that I called home for 40 years, and she's also on the path of the Aries Nine, and she's interestingly in a nine personal year. And what that means, um, I'm a numerologist, it means that Erica is on the old soul journey of the nine, the highest lessons that we can face in our lifetime and turn them into the gold of spiritual wisdom, compassion, healing, and understanding. This has certainly been Erica's journey, and especially being in this nine personal year right now. So jump in and say hello, Erica. Oh, thank you, Sue. I am just so delighted to be here and to connect with you. And yes, we used to live together here in Boulder, Colorado. So I feel so grateful for our technology and to be Definitely. able to talk with you today. Oh, yes. And you're so right. Oh, my goodness. I am so feeling that nine personal year in 2020 of endings and completion and, and wisdom for sure. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Well, it's interesting because several of the guests I've interviewed have been on the nine path and in the nine personal year. And, you know, they're all talking about <clears throat> what a time of surrender this is. And I know that you and I have worked together. You've taken my intuitive trainings. You're incredibly intuitive. And I was wondering if you feel that given the state of the world and your nine personal year, um, are you clear on sort of what your soul is pulling you to learn or surrender or embrace? 
Yes, yes. And thank you. The learning numerology even with you and having a reading with you, I think it was almost 13 years ago now. Can wow. you believe that? <laughs> I actually found found my journal entry from our session recently. It was just such a lovely, lovely gift. And I will say that, yes, the the nature of my nine path definitely is to share the wisdom as well. And so I think what it's really helped me do is realize the gifts of the difficulties. And I Mm -hmm. feel like even in a year and a time like we are now, I feel as you've often said to use my pain as my fuel. Mm -hmm. And I I lost one of my dearest friends, actually not COVID related June 1st, she was 47. Mm -hmm. And I miss her so much. And that and so many other things happening this year have mm-hmm. propelled me even more to say, how do I take my experience and help others? So I'm creating another grief offering, but just also creating a series to help people get calm and present. Mm-hmm. So I feel like these times are pushing me even more on my path to help and to support. And I feel like now I have a healthier view of everything that's happened in my life that feels initially like a challenge Mm -hmm. is just more fuel for empathy. And, oh, now I have this experience so I Mm -hmm. can help and understand that more. It's so beautiful because, you know, you're on the path of the healer and and in my my way, I am also also on a path of healing. And I do believe that our souls agree to go through some intense lessons if we're agreeing to be, you know, some of the old souls here to help others, that we've got to sort of walk a journey ourselves. Yes. And but there's also free will in every step of that, which means that you and I, either of us, could have at any time just gotten lost in our pain and our grief and our, um, you know, our self-doubt and all the things we've struggled through. And yet somehow we kept reaching for the mystical. We kept reaching for the higher perspective. Um, Can you share a time or a dream or an experience where you really felt a connection to the mystical? Oh my goodness, I would love to. <laughs> so I, I feel like th- that alone, just having mystical experiences makes um, brings a lot more joy to life and, and more meaning to the things especially that we can't understand. And the first thing or example that comes to mind is my communication and relationship with my father. Yes. Um, he, he is my shining example of mystical experiences for the last more than 20 years. My dad died suddenly at 48 and I was 24 and solely responsible for his entire estate, et cetera, et cetera. We'd had a up and down imperfect relationship. He was an imperfect person like many of us. And mm-hmm. he was my biggest cheerleader at the same time. He was always there as a protector and supporter. And so my favorite mystical experiences with him, and I have so many, um, I feel like I had to learn, first of all, I want to say this, how to receive his messages and be Mm -hmm. open because 
when he first died, I think there were too many movies and <laughs> things yeah. that I thought he's just going to appear full apparition style in front of me. Like and in we're the gonna, Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg course, movie. Ghost. Right, like, like ghost, in Ghost. Right? Yeah. Patrick Swayze. In fact, I watched that movie with my dad. So of course, that's what he's going to do, right? And I learned quickly, right? Actually, and it all really started, it started earlier, but... um. So Ladybugs, um, mm-hmm. he shows up in Ladybugs. It was April 3rd when he died in 2000, and mm-hmm. it's it was Wisconsin at that time and cold, and there were just this just big population of ladybugs in my windowsill, for example, mm-hmm. and they were just mm-hmm. everywhere. That's very uncommon. I needed to pick out his funeral clothes, and that was so hard, and drive them over, and I asked that morning, I said, Dad, I... I doing this all on my own. I need a sign from you. Please mm-hmm. let me know you're with me. Driving up in this little town in Wisconsin, look over at the custard stand. The flavor is ladybug. What? <laughs> you, you can't make this up, right? That is I say that all the time. And another favorite too that I need to mention, I was driving from Colorado where I live now and back to Wisconsin to visit family. And my dad's just been with me. I saw this image of him Riding next to me was a Harley Davidson guy on his Harley, just like a vision. And I was awake and I said, oh, that's so sweet. And then not a mile later, it's getting dark. I look up and there's the lit up sign for a Harley Davidson in Nebraska. And the only letters that were lit up were Harley and dad in the Davidson word. Oh, wow. I mean, again, right? <laughs> that so is the greatest sign. I, it's, it's, and I have so many of these. I mean, so it's, it's a lot of, it's the ladybugs. It's Harley Davidson. Um, when mm-hmm. I'm lost and driving, when, even with our navigation, I'll say he was so good at directions. My dad usually, was too. Right? Yeah. I'm always calling on my dad to help me in the car. <laughs> It, it helps. It helps us. And I, I feel like those are the gifts they can still give us from the other side. So he'll give me a song. It's usually Landslide, mm-hmm. um, you know, Fleetwood Mac. And there's a couple others and ones that you wouldn't even hear now. And it's just, you know, again, just such mm-hmm. a sweet gift. So, um, yeah, so there's just a lot of that. And he initially started reaching out the day of the funeral. I came home and I thought someone had broken into my home because my light was on in my room. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, and I will tell you for years after that, he would turn on my light when I was talking to him or when it was the anniversary of his mm-hmm. death or Father's Day or when mm-hmm. I was crying and missing him, the light mm-hmm. would go on. Oh, I love so. that so much. <laughs> Yeah. So we've had a lot. My dad is so, I feel him so strongly. Yeah. Yeah. And when you work with your clients and do your intuitive readings or your healing sessions, do you feel the departed spirits on the other side, like your dad helping you or guiding you? I do. In fact, you know, not always knowing the comfort level of my clients with spirituality and beliefs, I usually say that because I often say they're saying or I'm feeling this, I make sure I attribute that I'm talking about my spiritual peeps, my spiritual team. And I will often say it definitely includes my dad who's mm-hmm. on the other side. And mm-hmm. and it actually just happened again recently, This um, that communication. And I prepare for a session as I learned with your lovely training. And <laughs> I just, I just did a session last week with a young woman whose dad died. And before the session, Sue, I'm, I did the, about an hour of prep, got a lot of messages and something mm-hmm. was just, I needed to get something to wear mm-hmm. something. And I'm like, 
what are you telling me? It was her dad. Mm. And he said, you need to grab your Wonder Woman necklace. You have to make a note of this with her. And I, and I'm a huge Wonder Woman fan. I I know. I know. know, Right. So, um, (laughs) and so I grabbed my Wonder Woman necklace and I waited for the right moment. I had it on and I, early in the conversation, I pull it out and I say, honey, I just need you to know your dad was just insistent on my showing this to you. And she just started crying and laughing and saying, she's like, this is weird. She's like, my family is into gambling and I would always go to the Wonder Woman slot machine and win big. And he was always, he didn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. So that was his way of saying hello. And I love that something that specific is typical in a session. And as you know, that's like, oh my gosh, we're we're on the right, right track. <laughs> right. It's a validation. Absolutely. Right. right. Well, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about how all of my life dreams have been um, a powerful way where I get guidance from the other side. And I, I've always said I must be a really astral projecting dreamer because (laughs) from the time I was a kid, you know, I'd wake up and I'd have a dream about a car accident and I'd share it with my family over breakfast and they'd all laugh at me. And I'd say, no, I'd say, no, the truck was green. We hit a truck and it was green and it had a padlock. And, and, um, and then later that day after school, I'd forget all about the dream and be driving home on that road that was in my dream. And we would bump up against the back of a green truck with a padlock, you know? I love it. So I've always had the dream channel, sort of. Mm -hmm. And I found that um, lately, because I've been sort of calling out for wisdom and mystical inspiration a lot this summer, as I think many of us have been, um, my dreams have gotten even more personal in that I wake up hearing my father's voice. He had a very distinctive voice and um, it was kind of gravelly and just, God, I loved his voice so much. And Aww. and I wake up in the morning hearing him. I can't remember the words. I can't understand the words, but I know that he's been talking to me, you know? Right. And so right. I wake up feeling loved and I, and I kind of feel more uplifted for the day. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important that we <clears throat> really do pay attention to our dreams and not dismiss them and hurry about our day. Um, And I was just wondering how dreams work for you. Mm. Yeah, I, so I, I have had a lot of dreams that, um, where I find that like for communicating with my father, for example, and it's often I leave with his appearance in my dreams, feeling very loved, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. and we, it's funny, we've, we usually go for a motorcycle ride, honestly, because that's how I grew up. And so, and I just love that, that feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And just with that, and he taught me to be a really good rider. For those of you out there who know what I'm talking about, you want a good rider on the back because <laughs> not, you know, le- leaning the right way, all that stuff. But I find that like, like you're mentioning too, Sue, I often am waking up lately with a lot of ideas for mm-hmm. how I can help people or mm-hmm. solutions to issues I've been trying to solve during the daytime. And then mm-hmm. suddenly, oh, that's what I need to do. It, it's it's mm-hmm. like this clarity. I also want to point out that in, a, in an interesting way, what I think of when you ask me that is 
in one way, I've had the actual dreams too, where a lot of my deceased loved ones have said goodbye. So that was mm-hmm. one of my first experiences when I was younger too. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at my dad's because my parents divorced when I was four. So happened to be at his house for the weekend. And my dear, dear aunt Candy, who was 32, died of pulmonary hypertension. Mm-hmm. And she she died in the middle of the night. And she woke me up and said goodbye. And I was crying because I was very close to her. And I've heard the phone ring upstairs and my dad started coming down the stairs and I just looked at him and I said, Candy's gone. And he said, did you hear me on the phone? And I said, no. I said, but she just visited me. Oh, and how <laughs> and he, old were you then? I was actually, I want to say, I think I was about nine maybe mm-hmm. then, or maybe, maybe a little older, maybe around 12. And I'd had these experiences, but he was the only one, one of the only ones in my life who really validated that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which, but I also wanted to say, Sue, that what I think is sweet for us with dreams is natural dreaming, right? That we wake up, we have this, mm-hmm. we didn't ask for it, but I've been working more with what you call lucid dreaming or having an intention before I go to bed. Mm -hmm. So if I do want to connect with somebody, I often go to bed and I welcome any messages from so-and-so and, and, Mm -hmm. or please help me, you know? So I feel Mm -hmm. like I've been trying to not control every dream, but just work with it more through that. And also through something called shamanic journeying, which is a form of meditation and dreaming essentially. Mm, That's beautiful. So it's, Right. So it's like having a journey and then having a mission and an intention and then getting information around that. And it does come from spirit. It does come from our deceased loved ones. I think that's wonderful. Uh, You know, to be more intentional about our dreams is so important right now, especially because I think our monkey minds are overloaded right now with worry and ideas and politics and all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's almost a more powerful way to get in touch with our wisdom is through our dreams. As long as when we wake up, we take a moment to either write down what we've just experienced or to hold it in our consciousness so that we can uh, really remember the full meaning of it. Um, And I've had so many of those kind of dreams this summer. And I, I was telling you before we started recording this podcast that that the idea for this podcast itself came from a dream, you know, yes. that I woke up one morning last week with the words mystical conversations just con- like coming through my <laughs> consciousness. And I was right. like, oh, mystical conversations. That's so cool. Well, maybe I'll start a podcast. And then I didn't do it that day because I was busy with other things. And the next night, the dream was more adamant to where I couldn't even sleep. I was actually in my dream trying to start the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I I call that spirits knocking, right? Or God or whomever, whatever term, nature of the universe. We'll keep knocking and see, are you going to do this? Because, you know, here's your invitation. Oh, I love that. That's so great. (laughs) Yes. You know, I lost my kitty in April, my beloved Mambo, who I, Mambo was my person. She was my absolute human child. And um, Jean and I have been grieving so much for Mambo. And even just the other night, I had another dream where she 
like came up and gave me, showed me her presence in the dream. She wasn't fully in her cat body. She was the essence of her nature, her soul, um, but enough that I knew who she was. And she was talking to me and, and it was quite profound. And I woke up thinking, wow, you know, she's transforming from Mambo into whatever her next incarnation will be. And I hope she comes back to me, you know? (laughs) Do you sit with her too regularly? Or is it mostly through the dreams in that way that that she's been connecting? Every single day I talk to her and, um, and then, you know, I meditate every day. And at the end, I'll always call out to her and, uh, she knows that I am asking if she can come back to me in another body because um, I've had a really hard time letting go of her. And uh, animal spirits, I believe, um, are, you know, they're fine with changing bodies and coming, yes. back, co- coming back to their soul posse. Um, yes. Have you had experiences of that? With... Um particularly animals or with with losing just, animals and feeling that yes yeah, oh my gosh I, so I lost my dear Harley my soul dog oh. um, in January 2016 and that right. as many people who know me was one of my biggest losses mm-hmm. actually I mean yeah. it, he was a part of my work he would come in to my Reiki sessions. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I not only had my own grief because you just, you're in that caregiving role constantly Mm -hmm. with an animal, especially, and it's, it's habit. We're such creatures of habit and it's the routines that we're used to. And so I also though needed to manage clients coming to my office in the first three months, people just came and cried because Mm -hmm. Harley wasn't there and they knew why. And, Mm -hmm. but it was really hard for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, men and women, you know, it was just, Mm -hmm. it was so, and kids, and it was just very sweet. And so Harley is really around me too. And I, um, yes, I feel him. And I, I find that with him and my dad, particularly, I ask when I need some extra love and guidance Mm -hmm. and they're sort of the strongest forces for me with being around regularly Mm. and, and in the dreams, in meditation. And they always show up when I'm doing shamanic journeying too. Mm. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to ask you this final question. That's always fun to share with somebody who lives, who dies, who tells your story and, you know, as you know, Erica, when we cross over, we have a soul review and we see our life from that higher perspective and we sort of understand, oh, well, those were the lessons I was trying to master. And gee, I did okay with this. I could have done better with that. You know, we really see it from this bigger view. So from the other side, looking down at your journey here, how would you tell your story? And you know, this is the only question that I mean. You, you just—I have been listening to other other interviews you've done, and <laughs> and just the only one that I said you need to write some notes for this one, <laughs> and I just let it flow. And so, in in a, the quickest version, it was, you know she always tried to make the world a better place and help people feel loved and safe. That was what initially, but this was the more detailed version. And so Mm -hmm. here it is. Erica truly brought kindness, light, and compassion to the world. It was her mission to support others to heal 
to feel loved, to feel safe, and to be more present, peace-filled, and joy-filled. Despite consistent challenges throughout her life, she used her pain as her fuel to inspire, share wisdom and calm, and finally, ride free, live healthily and brightly in her resilience and redemption. She chose joy. That is so beautiful. That's the best one ever. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so yeah, it's that's that's what I feel, you and need I think to write that down somewhere. You know? I have it written. That's that's what I mean, and and I think I think it's just so important for all of us to know our legacy now. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all the loss that I've had. I know you can relate to this. Yes. I think that's the greatest teacher. Is it informs how we live, and Absolutely. if we can. I know this now, so heck yeah, I'm going to make it my mission to live this way and be aligned now rather than regret, rather than... Absolutely. Yeah, so... I love talking to you, my dear Erica. (laughs) Same here. You're amazing, Sue. Thanks for doing this. It is truly an honor to to be with you and to be here. I'm hoping that people will listen to these conversations and just for a few minutes feel lifted above the troubled times of the summer of 2020. Yes, yes, let's let's grow more of that. And the fact that we're giving attention to it does grow it. So it just let this spread, you know. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well thank then you. thank you, Erica. Until we meet again, this is Sue Frederick yes. having a mystical conversation. And for more information about me, you can visit suefrederick.com and Erica, tell them how they can find you. Thank you. You can go to turtlehealingenergy.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you. Until we meet again.